Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. Saying that, this, this is actually Life Between Lives. And uh, what I really like, though, is we're getting started on time every time now. And people are actually deciding that, that they can tune in at the time we say that we're going to tune in. And that and that holds our integrity and it gives them an opportunity to do it right. So, by the way, I'm Natasha Venter and, and Mr. VisitTheAfterlife.com. Regan Forston is here. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing good, Kevin. And I, of course, said uh, I gave you all of, uh, let's see, 45-second notice as to, <laughs> for you guys to come up with what we're going to talk about today. Well, well <laughs> what, do you have, what, do you, what do you think, Natasha? Well, I am getting that maybe we should talk about something that's going on with my life right now. Oh, okay. And it's not necessarily bad or good, but it's that feeling like you're in between this and that and ways to find your way through when you are feeling. Because I know a lot of people in my observation are feeling like, like either their integrity is being tugged at or they're feeling kind of like a little bit empty because life just keeps pulling at them and they just don't know how to work through something. Or, you know, it's that finding the purpose of walking forward when we've always, we, we've all kind of gotten beaten up in this last couple of years. And, and even, you know, COVID kind of added on to what we were going through before that. And there's, there's a reason why we go through something. And I know that Mercury is going to be ending, coming up to an end at the end of this week. And when we're going through a planet retrograde, whatever it is, it's about kind of going back over some of our own stories and how are we going to negotiate them differently? How are we going to play with them differently? Like I just did a new moon uh, class and, and I kind of put in for myself, how can I walk with all the dimensions I walk with in time? Because time is changing. How can I walk with all those dimensions in time at the same time and doing my better good in all of them at the same time? And I know that seems like a big thing, but at the same time, though, that's kind of the reality a lot of us are working through, knowing it or not. And a lot of us are feeling beaten up. We're not getting our buckets filled up. And and how can we manage through some of this, this life walk, this earthly walk? when there's a greater picture of why we're doing it. And maybe, you know, that's a big concept for a half an hour, hour show. But at the same time, maybe we can kind of dance a little bit with that. Because I pulled a card, what should we talk about? And it was perception. <laughs> you know, so how perception? can pro, um, perception. perception? How you perceive things is not necessarily oh, how I perceive things. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, with that, that, and a lot of that is like I talked about with integrity, a lot of people's integrity is feeling like, where should I stand? You know, even going back to, 
our presidency changing, you know, that there was some integrity things that, that we're looking at that, you know, wait a minute, whose integrity should I listen to? You know, should I find Whoa. my own integrity? And, and perception is a lot of that. And so there's just some questions to throw out that, I don't know, Kevin, you always have a great way of, of, uh, of placing things into a question to start us off with, but I don't know, Regan, what, what do you think about some of that? that well, I Kevin just... got, Kevin's got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're so smart, I'm telling you. Well, see, here, here's the thing that I've learned over the time that I've been doing this, and I'll give you, give you just a really quick example. A while back, I um, I had a young lady that uh, came on the show and spent an hour with her and uh, promoted her business and yada yada yada, which is what I, which is what I do a lot of. And so uh, I thought the, to myself, self, I need to have this particular service done, and I don't need a, a complete service. I just need one one little thing done. So I called this or I emailed this individual, and I said, I need to have this done just a real quick down and dirty thing i just need to have a drill done because i'm doing something with it and she said well great that's five hundred dollars and my in my in my in my chest in my heart it was like okay now hold on i spent the time my time and this is this is what was rattling around in my head which was i spent my time my energy my money and i put something out for you and you want to charge me retail price for what you're doing i think that's not fair uh so it got my integrity i didn't feel like she was operating with integrity and all that and what i'm finding and what i found um natasha in my in my life and my walk is that you cannot base what you believe and how you feel on somebody else's integrity or lack thereof because they're going to act the way that they're going to act anyway and so you have to be as positive and let it go because you can't control what stupid things other people do <laughs> or what what things that they do without thinking um, yeah because if they understood, if, if the scenario that we're talking about that involves you, if they understood how that was actually impacting you, it wouldn't be happening the way it's happening. Because I think they respect you a great deal. I, I would agree. I would agree. And I'm not going to go into the story of what's going on in my life, but I'm just going to say that I'm having, being the union rep, I have to be a voice for, for some certain people, and that's about as far as I'm going to go, that... You know, when we're pulling our integrity card, it, it's one of those things that it really makes us check into our truth. It does. And, and uh, you know, I have an understanding that many of us have worked with other people's truths through most of our lives. And, it's, yeah. And, and that's where when we work with other people's truths, these kinds of things in our lives kind of make us slow down and say, wait a minute. Ooh, ooh, he, what's going on? This is hitting me. Ooh, this is hitting me in different places of my mind and body. And where can I, where can I kind of come up with my own truth? And, and, and at the same time, understanding that sometimes we have to look at somebody else's perspective to check in to see if, if, if there's something going on that's making them push this button of our integrity. But 
with Mercury in retrograde right now, I can tell you that some of this story was checking in with, with what is our truths about how we walk through our life. You know, are we going to go through the same thing again the same way? You know, like for me, I had a scenario where uh, I like I short circuit electronics. Well, I clicked on something and it set my Zoom up to where and it was interacting with my friend Zoom. And and it ended up being where I was on to her Zoom. She was on to my Zoom, but we couldn't see each other's Zoom and uh, Zoom accounts and information. But that's where we wanted to go. But I had to end up talking with Zoom to get it done. Well, I figured out that, wait a minute, this is the same story that I had with all my electronics that I short circuited. And then I go into victimhood and then I go into, and then I go into, and then I go into, and, and wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then I had to go, wait a minute. I, I'm not that same person anymore. How can I work? Breathe, walk away, come back, breathe and navigate it. And so there's a lot of this dance going on of, of how can we check in with ourselves so we keep our batteries filled, so we keep our, our life moving forward because life is going to keep, I don't want to call tacking us, but it's going to keep happening to us so that we it can happen for us so we can learn what we're supposed to learn. And it's just keep the ball rolling because we're going to get there. We're going to get there. See, as long as there's free will, and I want, I want your input, Regan, as long as there's free will, you're not going to be able to control, for lack of a better term or word, control what anybody else does or how they feel towards you. And so you have to, at one point, just let it go and recognize that we're all human. We're all um, uh, going to make mistakes, and we're all, it, it's it's and just just let it go uh, because you, you you can't control any of it. Regan, yeah, a good a good book for people to get. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this before on the show, but it's, it's called The Four Agreements. Yeah. <laughs> the Four Agreements, right, Natasha? And uh, it's, it's by uh, a, sh- a Mexican uh, Mex- a shaman from Mexico. Uh, gosh, a Don Luis something or other. She's going to go get a copy right now. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> I've given my copy away. I'll tell you, it's the, 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 there it is. It's the simplest book. And if you make these four agreements, your life will completely turn around. And the one that you're talking about right now, Kevin, the one big one in there, the one big uh, agreement of the four that, that hits me the most is that when somebody either compliments you or runs you down or whatever, you have to understand that they're coming from a whole different perspective mm-hmm. than you are. There it is right there. And so whether they compliment you or run you down, that has nothing to do with who you really are. In mm-hmm. other words, that they're just coming from their from their perspective. So if you just, especially when people run you down, you just have, you have to kind of go, okay, you know, just because they think I'm horrible or did something bad. I mean, I know if I did something horrible or bad, but in a lot of cases you didn't or had no intention to do that, but someone else's opinion of that was that you did. You have to realize they've had a whole different life experience. So what they saw and the way they reacted is coming from something within them. So you just have, and and, and the four agreements is all about having total integrity too. By one of the other four agreements is to always do what you say you're going to do. Keep your word, Mm -hmm. you know? So when you keep your word, you, you feel comfortable inside when, when people are running you down and you realize you know, they have the right to their own opinion, but that doesn't mean 
that I have to be who they think, you know, the way they appear me to be, you know. Uh, and the other two on there, I used to have them all memorized, but those those two are the ones I really remember. What's the, uh, the so oh, you've got them all, you got the whole volumes there. Yeah, I do. Uh, so um, the four agreements is, um, oh yes, I know what they are. I, it's been a while since I read the book and I integrate a lot of things when I read it. So um, the four agreements, eh, yeah, my brain's not working right this way. My, my uh, former wife uh, told me about the book about 10 years. You know, we're, we're really, really close. She's just the most beautiful soul. And um, uh, she's not usually into new age things, anything like that. But this was just so common sense. And a friend of hers told her about it. And then she told me about it. And even though I'm a therapist, that was the first I heard about it about 15 years ago. So it's be impeccable with your word. Yeah. Don't take anything personally. Okay. Don't make uh, assumptions. Oh, yes. And always do your best. There we go. Oh, boy, the assumptions thing. Oh, man. That, that is so hard. <laughs> yeah. We know what they say about uh, when you assume something, but it makes a fool out of you and me. But at the same time, when you when you, it's it's hard as a human being it's hard not to assume how somebody is thinking when they're directing their anger or their uh, uh, thought process at you yeah well okay here's a client that came to me and uh, saying like like oh my god you know I did this thing and my you know and I and I, I think my husband hates me for doing this I don't know. But, you know, I think he hates me for doing this. And I'm thinking that I need to do this because he did that. And I said, what, what can you do? And I said, ask your husband. You know, then you know. Because, if, you know, if you just ask. Because so many people are afraid in their relationships and they, they're afraid to ask these things. And then they make assumptions on what they think the other person is thinking, which could be totally off base. And it starts you down a whole rabbit hole of a mess of trouble. Um and uh, you know, I'll share even with you in my first relationship and uh, my first marriage, um, you know, we went to counseling for on and off for a couple of years. And I figured we still were always going to be married and everything. But I found out in there uh, when she would we'd be in the couples counseling, she'd be talking about something. And I'm going, oh, wow, I assumed this and I acted this way because I assumed that's what you meant. And that is and then me acting on that assumption, she's not talking to me and she's thinking that I was doing that for something other reason than what I was doing it for. And it gets this just mess until it just takes, you know, forever to try to unwind it instead of just, you know, finding out. But it's hard for some people in relationships to just, for the person that you love the most, for the person you think it would be the easiest to communicate with, no, it's no, no, no. the hardest. And I've definitely, but I learned a lot from that. And my, because of that, it's, you know, we ended up divorcing because uh, of, you know, just got to be too crazy. Um, things got uh, kind of settled down a couple years later and we thought about getting back together again, but we, you know, I'd already moved on too much, too far from that, but boy, that was a big lesson in, in trying to learn to communicate. And when you really want to know something, you just ask the other person, you know, you know, and I just want to make a, a, a just a real quick point here that I gave you guys 45 seconds to come up with something and you came up with four agreements. That's pretty damn good. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a great. And the thing is, it's sold millions of copies, so you can get it used for three or four dollars on Amazon or something like. Or use if you go to used book something. Uh, I I've got copies. As a matter of fact, I should order another one because I end up giving it away to a client or something. You know. Uh, but also these changes like Natasha, the first thing people need to realize that when you have all this anxiety and all this stuff, it, it seems too much because you've got so much in turmoil in your life. Uh, the, the anxiety is all is what it's telling you is that something needs to change. Mm -hmm. You know, it just and you just have to try to figure out what is it you need to change. Um, but and the other thing is, is that don't feel bad because that's a normal thing everybody goes through at a number of times in the lives. And a lot of times it's a good thing because it means you're at a crossroads. In other words, that the old way of doing things is not working anymore. And spirit is trying to shake you up and trying to get you to look at things differently because you need to have a different mindset to go where you need to go, you know? So um, don't freak out over it. Just, you know, it's like, it's normal. And then, you know, you, you, um, <clears throat> the ways, I don't know what I do. I, I guess I usually just, you know, in a sense, meditate, pray or something about it. Um, I try to look at uh, things that aren't working in my life and think, well, if I changed, if I did this differently, what would that feel like? You know, um, but the big thing to remember is, too, that you you can't get to a new state of consciousness without letting go of your old consciousness. In other words, you can't fix the problem with the same consciousness that created it, you know. In other words, so you're always, you always have to look at something different. You have to change the way you look at things um, in order for something to change. Otherwise, it's the same, 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 you know. Like the old saying, you keep on doing what you've been doing. You're going to keep on getting what you've been getting, you know, unless you do something different, you know. Um, but See, that's, that, that's basically what I just wrote in my newsletter that I was going to send out was basically, you know, Mercury was was trying to teach us, you know, and one of the questions was, am I doing the same thing again that didn't work before? You know, it, it's that whole new thing, because I can say that, you know, before a change, usually we're lack of energy, we're feeling down about ourselves, we're feeling down about something. You know, there's all these things that are going on right before change happens. <laughs> And it's just walking through it. And I know some of us are either the person who's who, who's being dragged through the change or there's the people who are actually the ones that are helping the change happen. And that's where the integrity comes in of, of helping those things that, that are supposed to happen, happen with goodness and love and 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 grace even though you're calling somebody else out about not always making the better choice you know but it's how you do it it's not what you're doing it's how you do it and that's the integrity that that it takes time to work out it really takes time and like for me personally i had an email that i worked on all weekend because my like the the book said your words have integrity you know hold your words with integrity and every word that I put in there, I had to make sure that it was integrity. So it took me, you know, two to two to three days to work on this email to make sure it was in in the right integrity. Yeah. You know, because uh, it, sometimes it's not the person who's doing wrong; it's the situation that needs to change. Yeah. So sometimes we just have to help the people around in the situation move the situation through so it gets to its greater good. Yeah. Um, now, I guess this. Isn't segueing or anything to something else is similar. 
but you, when you're talking about that, you, you tried to word very carefully the emails that you're doing, because I found that anytime you, when you have an agenda, you're emailing someone saying, oh, I'm so sorry or something, but you're wording it in such a way that you have an agenda of something that you want to make them change or something. You, you're going to have to expect that the universe is going to create some sort of, of comeback, some sort of imbalance or anything like this. I had the perfect example of how if you do something from total integrity, how beautiful the outcome can be. I was dating a, a, a woman from Russia for a while when I was in between marriages and looking for another relationship. And I was falling in love with her. She was just she was beautiful. Um, because of the language difference, I mean, she spoke English good, but still certain things I would say, she would take as meaning something different in her culture than mine, and she would break up with me, you know, and I'm going, what did I do? You know, I didn't, and I, and I said, okay, okay. A few days later, like a colleague or something at, at work would say, no, that's not what he meant. This is what he meant. And then she'd call me and go, sorry, you know, we get back together, you know. Well, <clears throat> when we broke up one time, she sent me this email, and it had a blah, 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 you know, a lot of uh, bite to it and everything. And I wanted to, I wanted to tell her what I was really feeling and I didn't want to have an agenda. So I did it from my heart and I, I wrote everything. I was thinking from a, from a very spiritual good place about how I felt and the, and being my truth. And I didn't send it right away. I waited until the next morning and I went over it again and I went, okay, am I trying to manipulate or change or anything in any way? And I thought, no. And I just felt it was right from my heart. So I pushed send. So I went to sleep, and when I woke up, she had tried to text me like 20 times. And she said, oh, my God, you got to call me, call me, call me, call me. So I called her, and she said, when I was reading your email there, did you put an attachment of music to it or something like that? And I said, no. She said, well, then why am I hearing these beautiful sounds of an orchestra when I'm reading your thing? She says, I, went, I, I was hearing all this beautiful music playing, and I, I clicked the email and I went around my house. I listened outdoors. There's no sound coming or anything. I start to read your thing again. And in my mind, I'm hearing this beautiful heavenly like music or something. And um, so I told her, I said, well, that's just, you know, <laughs> it's because I was just coming from this space of total love and not having any agenda. Somehow the universe, when she's reading this thing, she's hearing beautiful music if she's reading it. So. That's that was that was uh, interesting, you know. Oh yeah. By the by the way, Regan, you've got some pretty profound things that you're saying today. Have you thought about becoming, I don't know, like a therapist or something? <laughs> I might. Man, well, well I, have, that, I had a client and, and, this week that was very interesting. Or um, very very serious. Oh, she's just an angel. I just uh, she's one of these clients. I just hope that I can be of help to her because. She's only 23 years old, and she's uh, been assaulted or raped about eight times so far in her life. Oh, God. And uh, she's in the military. She's uh, in the military, and um, her, her uh, I was learning all, boy, all this inside stuff from the military. And she was saying, you know, that the, um, they had that big scandal, uh, Hook, something Hook, a few years ago where yep. a lot of these – guys, you know, were, were raping women and stuff in the military. She said, that's just the tip of the iceberg. We all know. It says it's just rampant throughout the military. And she says, it's the good old boys club. It's usually from the supervisors that think they have power over the women. And she says she knows most of her 
the other women that she knows have to deal with this on a constant basis. She says there's women that disappear and have never seen again on these bases, you know, and it's all covered up and everything. So I said, okay, you're, you're just, your four years is up. How about getting another job? She says, no, she says, I'm going to stick with it. She says, I'm going, I, I put in for uh, officer school. So she's going to go to school and then she'll come back in as a lieutenant, you know, in her second thing. She says, I want to help other women uh, that are coming up in the thing to to mentor them and to uh, to try to help make some change in the military. And I thought, what a brave soul she is, you know, I mean, because she's, you know, what she's up against. And it, again, it's this good old boys club, like in the police and the, in the, you know, and anybody, you know, well, we all know with this black, uh, with the Me Too movement and everything, you know. So, um, so right. she's up against right now, like you're talking about making changes. She has to decide, do I get out and take a safe job somewhere? Or am I one of those brave persons that wants to make a difference? And am I going to put myself out there to help other people and to be a service? You know, even though I know it's going to be very difficult for me, you know, you know Veronica, one of our listeners just, uh, chimed in with a couple things. First of all, she said, are you getting this? I'm not sure who she's asking who's getting it. They're like, one of us apparently needs this message. Um, <laughs> and the second thing is, she said, things need to change. Yeah, I know, but I get exhausted just thinking about it. And, thinking and about I, change? Thinking change. about change. Yeah. And I think that's like, for me, this weekend, I was, I'm, I was kind of feeling like Kevin and I were talking before this, my bucket was a little empty. Because I feel like I'm in the pivot of helping about three changes going on. <laughs> And and it's my integrity that has to stand quietly firm. And I'm saying the word quietly firm because everywhere that I'm navigating with is a, uh, there's more pieces to the puzzle than just one person. And so when you know that things have to change and you know that you're part of the keg, the keg and the wheel or the, you know, it's like these big clock, old clocks where you have the, the different cogs that go around and around and you know you're one of them. That, and if you keep it working and you can make a difference in the other cogs. And if you make a point, sometimes the cog stops, but stops everything else and they have to look. But when they look at you, you have to show who you are. You have to truly show who you are and that integrity. And you have to make sure that you have that integrity when you are looked at because a lot of times it's not the situ the person that you're you're trying to change it's the situation and it's the people around in that situation that have to take a different perspective to change the bigger the bigger thing and when you're in that moment you know like i tried to navigate through you know like doing the email doing the things that i was doing during the day but at night i tried to read a better book i tried to give myself time off because it can be daunting to know that we're all in this cusp, cuspices, or whatever you want to call it, on the edge of these big changes going on. And all we can try to do is be, you know, try to be the better us, try to hold the integrity, try to hold our, uh, our higher self to a greater calling within the reason that we're all human doing the work. And so giving ourselves grace while we're walking through it and just know that it's okay if we kind of like, there was a couple times where I just sat down and started playing solitaire 
because I needed a time out from walking the path of helping change. Yeah. Well, from a, okay. From a, you know, when I have people on the other side, when they do the life between lives or the past life regression thing, um, the thing that's good about that and for people to realize, even if they don't do something like that is they are down here for a reason and they came down to learn something. Mm -hmm. So if you're having difficulties, think of that first. Like it's just like if you, uh, all of a sudden, uh, I found myself in college taking a trigonometry course or something, which I know nothing about, even though I said that word. I had it in <laughs> high school for a little while, and I didn't do very good. I'm never good, really good at math. But if, if that's put on my plate, and or let's say you have a, 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 it, it's your work, all of a sudden the boss gives you a new skill that you don't really have any way of knowing about it, and you're all panicked, how am I going to change or anything there? you realize that your boss put it on your desk because he wants you to learn that because you need to learn that to be what you need for your job. And so then, you know, you just, you know, say, okay, what's step number one? And then you go to step number two and pretty soon you know how to do it. And you're glad your boss made you do that because now you've got a new skill. So a new skill could be patience, mm -hmm. could be compassion. You know, some of us don't have those skills or we don't, we don't, we don't have them. We don't have them to the degree that we want. Um, and I found, like, I always thought I was an honest person, even in my seven, when I, in my, in the 1970s and eighties in business. And then as I started growing spiritually, all of a sudden I found out that that integrity that I thought was really, really good. Instead of it being an A, I look at it and it was like a B or a C. And so you realize that, <laughs> that the integrity at this level that even that I am now, and I hope it's pretty high integrity, but as I raise my consciousness, that integrity has got to come with it. You can't use an old integrity with a new state of consciousness. Yeah. So that means you end up having to be even more honest and more patient and more kind, <laughs> you know, it's got to step it up. And you, know? you got it. But, but when you're talking about integrity, you have to be careful because sometimes if you, bring a certain belief forward and you believe that you are working from a place of integrity. And um, so you bring this belief into your world because of your, you believe that you're, you've got a lot of integrity. So therefore this belief has a lot of integrity. I have a friend, <laughs> I have a friend who's a Trump supporter and uh, he believed that he was operating from a place of integrity to be a Trump supporter. And I yeah. could not convince him, no matter what, that that he was not operating from that place. Uh, so yeah. you got to be a little bit careful about about uh, yeah. throwing throwing these words around of perception and integrity and and right, <laughs> right. and wrong and all that kind of stuff because it's it's kind of it's kind of subjective. There's well, another word. Yeah, the good thing is he was coming from what he thought was integrity, right. but then when new information comes in, the part the biggest thing is you have to be willing to see if you were wrong and to change, you know, oh, but then so, you have to, then you have to admit that you're wrong. And that's, that's another thing that us humans have. A that's hard. With. Yeah. Yeah. Up. Oh, we lost, we lost, we lost Natasha. There we are. There we uh, are. Sorry. I was playing with my mic thing. Uh, that, you know, when I do something, when I have a conversation with, even my husband, when I have conversation with my friend, I always try to stand in the middle. I try to stand with one foot in their shoes and one foot in my shoes so that I can get another perspective so that when, when I'm talking about something, it's like, okay, there's, there's two, two sides of the story. Let's try to find the middle. 
And I even do this with the kids on the playground. You know, they'll come up to me, well, she did this, well, he did that, or, or she did that, and she did that, or he did this, and he did that. And I go, okay. So it sounds like you both did something. How can we come to a center where you change a little bit of what you're doing and you change a little bit of what you're doing so that we can have and be friendly to each other? We don't have to be friends, but we can be friendly to each other. So let's try to be friendly. How? What can you do differently? And somebody will label something. I, go, I like that idea. Do you like that idea? And then I say, what can you do? And then they say, and then you like that idea? Okay, so now we can be a little more friendly, right? Now go play. You know, because I'm not going to, I can't, I'm watching 30 other, 60 other kids, so I can't spend a whole lot of time doing this, but I can still process, help them process through this interaction. Sometimes it takes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter, what it is. But, you know, when we can take a perspective and say, okay, there's something that they're going on, there's something that's going on with me, how can we come to more of a center consciousness? of saying there can be a little bit of grace with everybody. There can be a little bit of, of uh, understanding for the situation. Because sometimes we do have to let go of their perspective because they grew up in this kind of household or that kind of situation. And, you know, that perspective of that situation over there, and we can just kind of come to more of a, okay, this is for the greater picture. How can we help the greater picture move forward? Yeah. And that's not always easy, but there again is that word of, it's not about self-integrity. Well, it is about self-integrity. I'm going to try to do this better. But it's also about integrity of, I always go with the integrity of, how can I create love into the situation? How can I create a lovingness into the situation? How can I find grace for those around me in this situation? And how can I be maybe a little bit upset about the situation, but at the same time, how can I help it move forward after I get through that human emotion for a few minutes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think really you're going to get anywhere uh, as far as making the best decisions unless you walk in the other person's shoes a little bit, yes. you know, and that's what our government needs to do right now, this bipartisan thing. We need to look at you know, not just because you're, you're, you know, one clan or another clan, you know, you got to look at, at the, at the uh, opposing viewpoint and have to really think about it and, and, and take the good with that. And, uh, and both sides do that. And that's why most of the time in government, when they make a decision, it's, it's rarely, uh, I mean, it's more times than not, it's some sort of compromise between the two positions, you know, instead of just, you know, my way or the highway you know, kind of, kind of thing. You're not going to get anywhere doing that. You know, I was just reading about the Keystone pipeline today, uh, you know, and about, cause I, I, I was reading the pros and cons. And when I looked at one side and I went, well, they got a pretty good idea. We got to keep people to work and it's, we're supposed to, uh, it's supposed to help us to bring our gas prices down and everything. And then, I'll, and then I read on the other side and I go, they've already had four or five leaks in that pipeline since they started it. Uh, and some pretty bad ones, you know, um, and most of the oil is going to be going to other countries. It's not going to be going here. And then, you know, once the pipeline's done, it, it just, this, this type of crude is so different than the regular kind. It's may, way more corrosive. And if, if there's a spill, it's, it's really, really a lot harder to clean it up and everything. So, you know, um, 
it's uh, like Biden's going to, you know, he's going to have to look at both sides. And and um, to me, of course, that's just my viewpoint now. I'm thinking he's got to look ahead 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you know, because coal, this this oil thing is going to be phased out. We're going to have better ways of doing things. And we're going to see that. And the old way is fighting like crazy, you know, for the status quo. But, um, you know, sure, it'll save some jobs now. But what about if it ruins uh, some of the environment? And we're not getting that once it's all said and done and everybody but us is getting something good out of it. You know, I mean, there's it's not an easy, easy thing to decide. You know, you know, it's interesting because you're right in that uh, years ago. Uh, they were talking about, and this goes back to the time of the uh, um, oil embargo of the late 70s. Yeah. And they, they were talking about the fact that, well, you know, the United States has got an abundance of oil, but it's all in the shale stuff. And it's too expensive to extract the shale to get the oil out of the shale so it, it won't work until the price of oil went up enough to where the cost of fracking became down enough and yeah. the technology uh, married enough to where it's now pretty much the same. And now we have an abundance of oil, which we need to not use. And so that's what's going to, here's my prediction. Prediction for the, for the future is that as the cost of renewables comes down and the jobs that are, are created by renewable energy goes yeah. up, then, then the oil um, is going to, there's going to be a natural evolution of we don't need to use the oil. It's bad for the environment. It makes us, it, it's, it's toxic. And so it's, it's by virtue of that, it's going to go away, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think uh, when I was reading about the electric cars now, it seems like uh, within um, 20 years, or which uh, I think GM or something says they're not even going to make, uh, gas cars anymore. You know, they're converting to all electric, you know, and yep. everything gets better. So just think of that if, if all the all the gas we won't need if 80% of the country is driving with electric cars now. Of course, you still need gas. I mean, you still need oil to produce electricity in a way that we get it, but it's still... You, yeah, know, we're not you still need oil for the joints. You still need oil for a lot of things. You know, like they were saying, you know, these big windmills. Well, you need the oils and the greases to, to keep yeah. it moving. And, but, that, but, I, but the thing is, though, it's about finding a greater balance. You know, we may still need oils, but do we need to be so heavily oiled country? Right. You know, do we need, because now with all these batteries, we're changing our landfills. You know, so it's like there's this kind of every time we have a change, there's a ripple effect. And how yeah. can we have a gentler ripple effect? Well, it's about finding the balance more in the middle. You know, that we got to, you know, we've been a certain way because of the simplicity of our land. You know, when cars were made, look at how, how simple, you know, we didn't have computers. We didn't have a lot of this politics you know, the stuff going on. We still had politics. We still had, you know, things that need to be done. We still had illnesses. We still had all these, you know, fear loving countries and fear loving this and fear loving that. But yet at the same time though, it, you know, we didn't have the, if you wanted to read a book, you had to do it sometimes by, you know, candlelight or, or by something, you know, it wasn't like we had all these different lights that we can turn on, you know? And so with that, that, that we're, you know, whenever we're making a step in life, it's wise for us to go, okay, 
if I send the send bit button, what ripple effect can I make? Is it with a good integrity and love attached to it? Or is it going to be something that's going to cause an ouch to someone? And yeah. that's that kind of that moral values that we're kind of having to wake up to a little bit. And I'm hoping that with what we've gone through in this country the last couple of years is figuring out that what really sounds good to our ears and what doesn't. What sounds good to our hearts that doesn't, you know, what sounds good to our souls that doesn't anymore. And, and there's our, the people that are seeing the light are the ones that are going to try to help us walk through that light. Yeah. And that would be good if that was you. I'm actually knowing that it's partly that <laughs> that's what, that's part of that work I was doing this weekend is, is, is listening to the call. I'll probably recommend it on and off that I, it was just good for me was um, it's called after the ecstasy, the laundry. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's um, the man who wrote the book um, interviewed all of these very spiritual, these gurus, uh, these monks that would go into caves for years at a time and meditate and have these, ex you know, amazing spiritual experiences in the other worlds and the God worlds and with the angels and everything. And then they would come out of their cave and, and you know, have to come back to real life for a while. And they couldn't even balance their checkbook. They, you know, they couldn't get along with their mother or their father. They couldn't, you know, and it's just all about like even the people like for me or like Natasha, we're, we seem to have a, a a kind of, you know, good close connection to the other side. And so some people would look at us and say, well, I guess they don't have any problems anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I guess life's easy for them. Yeah. You know? And then uh, <laughs> you realize, no, but the thing is we have, we have the same problems everybody else has, but because we have that connection and we're trying to help other people have that connection, is we solve the problems a little bit easier and we get back, we get back on moving the wagon forward a lot quicker, mm -hmm. you know, stay, instead of staying down in the mud for a long time, we get right back up on and start moving forward. You know, uh, like that Rumi poem about, um, you know, it shows that uh, uh, Rumi is their teacher and he's got this wagon full of people and he's going over these big bumps in the road and some of them fall off into the mud. And he just turns around, sees him in the mud, and he says, come on, get back on, get back on, you know. And some people just stay in the mud, and he gets really far beyond them, you know. And then it, he realizes pretty soon as people awaken, they, they keep falling off into the mud, but they get off real quick and jump right back on the wagon and move forward, you know. And I, that's the gist of the poem, but that made a, meant a lot to me uh, with me realizing that, yeah, I get out of the mud a lot faster now than I used to. You know, and there's some people who just like being in the mud. Yeah. So oh, you're darn right. Yeah. Some people they won't like. I could help them with their issues, but they want to stay in the mud, you know. And that's uh, and and those people you just bless and bless them and let them go, right? Let them do what they're going to do. And and yeah. that's where that's where for me I always kind of look at that everything in my life has a payoff. So if I want to be a victim of it, it has a payoff. Uh, example, like even with my ankle this summer when I had it um, where I was putting it up. I, I started getting into that, ooh, I kind of like being not able to walk. I kind of like my husband having to do the cooking and that kind yeah. of stuff. And I had to decide, am I going to <clears throat> stay a victim of this situation? 
Am I, is my ankle going to stay hurt for a very long time? Or if I'm just going to be healed and, and navigate through it. And, you know, everything has a payoff that even somebody being angry gets a payoff. And, and so what is that payoff? Well, sometimes when somebody's always angry, people kind of start going, shh, we don't get him, want to get him angry. So everybody does what they want to do, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the payoff. Somebody whines and cries all the time. Well, they get attention, you know, and, you know, my, my father-in-law even said one time, why do you get, say a good job to a kid when he's doing a good job? I said, because I want him to know that he can do good and he can do bad. Either way, he gets talked to, you know, it's like, you know, so, there, there's a payoff and we have to really ask ourselves, what is my payoff if I'm going through this? And yeah, what, what is this here to teach me? So what was his point as to why wouldn't you? If a kid is doing a good thing, why wouldn't you tell him he's doing a good thing? I'm just going to say my father-in-law lovingly said, <laughs> came <laughs> from a military, Lutheran, Midwestern farmland uh, in the 50, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Oh, he could have met my mom. She was, she was born of the same ilk. She wasn't in the military. But her attitude was, I'm not going to compliment them because I don't want them to get a big head. Ah, interesting. I'll tell you a story, a true story that I heard in therapy school. And, uh, you know, Smucker's Jams and Jellies? Love them. Yes. Yeah. Well, the woman who invented that, she was in a a family. uh, She was either the 8th, 10th, 12th, 13th child. She was the lowest on the totem pole. Her mom had lots and lots of kids. And when she was young, she, the only way she, any time, the only time in, she ever got any attention from her mother was when she was sick. So psychologically, her whole life she spent being one sickness and one sickness and everything after another because at an early age, her, her, her subconscious says, well, the only way to get attention from people and to have them show you some affection is to be sick. And then they have to wait on you and everything. So, um, she, I think she got better finally when she finally realized that, but that that's what she carried into adulthood. So sometimes I have clients that um, they have these issues and they talk, I want to be this way and I want to be better and everything like that. But then when it gets right down to it, they don't want to give up that problem because of it. Well, we, we call that uh, in, in psychological terms, secondary gain. In other words, they're gaining something from their, their dysfunction or from their, their illness or something. So they have, and they, a lot of times they're not conscious of it and they, they'll, they'll say, no, I'm not. I want to get better. I want to get better. But then when it really comes down to it, they don't, you know, um, I had one PTS. I was starting to work with a veteran who had severe PTSD. And um, after just a couple, about 15 minutes in each session, he would just quit. And then he would, he said, no, I don't want to go anymore. And so, and I finally said, look, I'm, I'm just giving this up altogether because I just realized, you know, if I get to be sane, I'm not going to get my 3000 bucks from the government every month anymore. So, and I don't want to go back to work. So I'm just going to stay the way I am, you know, because that secondary gain was that big check coming in every month, you know? So he had to keep himself crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, for an extra 3000 a month, maybe I, maybe I could stay a little crazy. Well, there is something to say for it. At least you can pretend you can pretend that you're. Well, and sometimes people that are uh, alcoholics, their, their boyfriend or girlfriend, they seem to choose other alcoholics because then they can just, you know, be in the same thing together. And you'll find sometimes that when one decides to get better, the other one fights like crazy to keep them 
to help to sabotage them so they don't get better, you know. And then um, sometimes they'll quit therapy because they don't want to lose their partner who's an alcoholic who doesn't want them to get better because that means they feel they have to get better, you know. There's so, a, there was another bus driver that uh, uh, was really, really heavy. And um, he drank a bunch of Diet Coke every day and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, he was like 400 pounds. And he decided that he was going to uh, have this have the surgery. Well, he while he was heavy, he also married a heavy gal, so they were both heavy together. And so he finally decided to have the bypass surgery. He lost two hundred pounds, and they got a divorce. Yeah, because that wouldn't work anymore. Because they couldn't they couldn't revel in the same box of Oreos. Yeah, and sadly, that's the you know we think oh we just do this and get better, but human beings being human beings, uh, it's you know. It's 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 not easy. No, it, it's the ripple effect. You know, it's like uh, if you're putting the microscope on somebody else, you have to understand that microscope is going to be back on you. You know, it, it's always going to be when you when when somebody brings attention to a situation, you have to make sure you're towing the line and doing the work too. And that's what's so hard for people. And and I can I can have that understanding. I'm human too. That sometimes I've asked myself, eh, do I really want my life to be harder than it is? Well, yeah, because yeah, this calling is so strong. You know, the soul calling in me is so strong that that I want to be here. You know, doing these Monday and Wednesday situations are are a blessing to me because it's my calling that's that's wanting to do this. And that's where we have to decide right now. This is our time to wake up and say, what is our soul wanting us to do? And do we want to do the work to get there? You know, it, it is about, but, and I want to say that, that there's a difference in responsibility. A lot of people say, oh, well, if I do this, that means I'm responsible for that. Well, like I was having a conversation with one of my friends that, you know, he was saying that I know I can be successful. And he, and I go, okay. And he goes, but there's a part of me that wants to stop. And I said, well, that's the part of you that knows that it can be responsible for that. It's that perception of what, what, uh, being, what being, uh, uh, doing really good is about, you know, it's like a lot of times in society, well, I, I'm a millionaire, so I have to buy a Porsche. Well, you don't have to buy a Porsche. Heck, uh, you know, sixties Ford, pickup could be your Porsche. It doesn't have to be anything. You don't have to buy a bigger house. You know, if you have, if you have the success, if you have that inner calling to do and you get successful about being in your life, you don't have to have the persona, what everybody else says you should have. You can do what makes you happy. And that's where people need to kind of start finding what does success look for me? What does that feeling good looks for me? Do I have the payoff? Do I like the payoff? Do I like having the payoff of being angry? Well, sometimes that inner, you know, heartache when you're angry and your heart's getting worse and you find that out when you go to the doctor that you have a heart problem because you've been angry so much and your heart's ready to explode because you've blown it up so many times. You know, there's those kind of payoffs that we kind of really have to look. Are they truly healthy for us? And, you know, there's the wisdom that comes from this that, that, I always go, what is this here to teach me? That's one of the first things I say. And, you know, like Kevin last week when we talked about something that happened on Wednesday and this weekend was what I was dealing with. Even when I was talking to you, I knew 
right when it was happening to me during that meeting, I was asking myself, what is this here to teach me? Why is this happening? Where am I supposed to take this? What am I supposed to do with it? Am I supposed to put it in a bag that I'm responsible for? Am I supposed to pass it on to somebody else who can do better with it? Is there something else? And so with that, that as we're walking through something, check in to see what is my role. Sometimes we need to be in the passenger seat and let somebody else take lead. Because not all of us have the strength or the knowledge to do what we're supposed to do. But it's that trust that we can be part of the greater good of light. Yeah. Well, you know, this thing that we started out with Natasha about trying to figure out what to do when things are a mess. I think, you know, I like practical things to do sometimes. So what I give my clients to do is I say, okay, get a notepad. And I say, just, um, you know, on paper, just, you know, what what's one or two things that you think if you change, if, if these circumstances changed in your life that you would feel happy, you know? And so they write down the two things and then you say, okay, maybe the first thing is they go, I never have enough money to pay the bills at the end of the month. And, and it's driving me crazy because I'm always 50 bucks short and whatever. Okay, that's the problem. Okay, well, the solution, then you think, okay, let's just write down what, what are the solutions? Of course, the obvious one comes up is, okay, find a better job. But then they go, well, I can't, blah, blah, blah. I says, well, um, you know, is there, is there some sort of education you could get or is there some other skill you could learn that might take a little time, but if you did that, you could get a better job, you know? And sometimes it's like, get a, get a second job, you know? Okay. Um, and then they have to figure, then if think, okay, I want to get a second job. And then they go to the next step and go, what do I have to do to get that second job? And then it went, okay, I got to redo my resume. You know, then I've got to set a thing and where I'm going to go three or four times, three or four uh, times a week, I'm going to go on the internet, and send my resume. You know, there's all these little things. So I find that once people realize what they have to do, even though they don't want to do it, but they can see what they have to do, a lot of that anxiety goes away because a lot of it's just caused by, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, you know, and so just by doing practical things like figuring out what you want to change and then writing down the things that have to be done and then putting it on a timetable. In other words, putting it on a timetable. Okay, I'm going to have my new business cards done by this time. I'm going to have my resume done by so-and-so. And then they just start with number one. You know, that's not overwhelming. Oh, the first thing, just start with it. And I found out that from the other side, they say once they see you moving forward mm -hmm. and you're not stuck, they'll kind of help guide you along. Some things will happen. Either little miracles will happen or you'll feel good and you'll go to the next step and the next step. But um, when we're just stuck, they're, they're not, they're not going to come and pull us out of that stuckness. We have to at least walk the first step. And once we get started, then they're, you know, where's that all saying, uh, God helps those who help themselves, you know, mm -hmm. in a way, and that's really, really true, you know. Well, so, God, well, our higher power will, will have, you know, give us a hand, but we have to have the hand reach up and grab it. Right. You know, without that unionship, how are they supposed to say, here we go? And I yeah. know that every time that I had a question about something, when I said, what is this here to teach me? Usually I found the answer to that pretty quickly within a week or two of why was this teach? What is this here to teach me? And sometimes it would be just walking by and, and hearing somebody say something, you know, like one time I had a, a teacher uh, supervisor that 
Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> and you know what was and I was the only para that can work with her nobody else wanted to work with her and I was walking by my other teacher supervisor and she said you know my my supervisor said it's time for you to have professional boundaries and I went that's what this is about I'm supposed to have professional boundaries in my life, okay? Because even with my husband, even with my friends, you know, because I want to be able to work with these people later. <laughs> so how do I interact with them? You know, and, and it is about saying, no, I can't. But you know what? I, I so love you and I'll do it with you tomorrow. You know, it's that professional boundary to say what, what we need. And, and it is about working and walking forward. And, and every time that we stop and go... You know, we can do that for a little bit because we're human. But after we do this, it's time for us to go, hmm. I did a practice one time and, I, and I've done it a couple of times. Is I, I kind of check in, uh, like for one thing, I had somebody who I was going to have a hard time working with. And I, I wrote down different reasons why I wasn't going to work with, didn't want to work with this person. Well, I picked the two things that were the stronger and I checked in. Well, why, do, why does that trigger me? Oh, the voice triggers me. Well, why does the voice trigger me? So I would name a couple other reasons why the voice would trigger me. And then I would name, well, then the voice triggers me because of the sound wave, because of uh, the way she talks to me. You know, there's different things. And so I'd pick that one. Well, why does it bother me that she picked she, the way she talks to me? So it, it would kind of lead off into different places. Well, it came down to where it's like, oh, I may have to show her who I am. And I don't want to do that. Why don't I want to do that? Because that means being vulnerable and being at work. It's starting to, it, this was the phase when I was starting to come out. I felt like actually <laughs> I can understand why uh, people of, uh, of, you know, gay, transgender have a hard time coming out because I kind of was doing the same thing with myself being intuitive that, that my coworkers were starting to find out and, uh, that I was somebody who wasn't just somebody who was working in school. And, and so with that, 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 that key of me coming out was the key to the beginning of my life as I know it now. Yep. Of course. That's, that's how it goes. That's how it works. And mm -hmm. you got to put yourself out there and, uh, and follow your heart and, uh, as my old saying goes, your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. Natasha, somebody wants to get a hold of you. How do they do that? <laughs> you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com or you can email me at natasha at angelicclarifications.com. Regan. Okay, it's right there on the screen. Visit theafterlife.com. There's all kinds of videos on there for traditional therapy and the spiritual therapy. Uh, for for uh, <clears throat> depending on you know what a person's uh, which way they lean, uh, but I just tell everybody out there, especially I can help anybody anywhere in the world on Zoom with traditional therapy. Um, the skills that I teach, the the EFT, the self hypnosis, and everything are pretty much a one two punch to any problem you have. But sometimes just having some person that won't judge you that you can talk to, and it'll just kind of, uh, you know, help you through your issue that you can talk to works really, really good. So I'm available on Zoom or in person pretty much anywhere in California because I, I go to the different cities in California throughout the month. So uh, anyway, you can reach me at visittheafterlife.com. There's a free book on there right now. You can get about uh, reincarnation is real if you have that 
little spiritual side or watch the videos on the life between lives thing because you can actually now in a deep state of relaxation, you can visit heaven and spend a few hours there, get answers to your question, get some counseling from people on the other side and come back. And almost everybody can do it. It's easy. Very nice. Uh, so, Natasha, the floor is yours. What would you like to tell our audience today? That as we walk through life and our buckets are feeling empty and life is really triggering us, Try to find that place in you that says, why am I doing this? And a lot of times that brings the light to us through those moments to get us to where we're going. We all are going through something and just trust that there's a part of you that is willing to go there and let it lead you because sometimes there's the rest of us is kind of going, oh, that's just too much work. But it's worth it in the end. And I can tell you from my, my life history that every time that I came up against that wall and wondered where I was supposed to go at, well, where I was supposed to go, that every time I was willing to walk through that wall, because the wall was only what I perceived, that as I walked through that wall, the greater good happened. And a lot of people came back to me and said, thank you. So trust that greater picture, because that wall is only self-perceived. Yeah. Regan? Same. I, I just want to ditto what Natasha says. It's a, when all the times I've been through this crazy feeling, I knew something needed to change. I finally get off my butt and do something. And then after it's all said and done, I would never even want to go back to who that person I was, you know, a few weeks before because there's such a, it's, it's worth the, it's worth the, uh, it's like getting your degree in college. You finally get it and you go, wow, that was worth all of those hours of, of, of tests and going to school and working two jobs and everything. It's all worth it. So if you're going to be lazy, you know, <laughs> just enjoy yourself being miserable. <laughs> well, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Well, not everybody's supposed to be the world changers. Not True. everybody is. You know, some of us are meant to be the person who's on $3,000 a month and, and a little bit, you know, because, you know, like for me, at any point in time, I could have said stop. Yeah. And I could have just done my job at school and come home and cook dinner. But that wasn't very fulfilling. That was not fulfilling at all. Yeah. This person I am today is very fulfilling. And that's what I love. So, yeah. Just take one, whoever's listening out there or sees us in the future, things are a mess. Just do one thing right now this week. It'll move you a little bit forward and watch how that multiplies into a whole bunch of steps. Okay. And you know, the other interesting thing about your friend that was on uh, $3,000 disability, he had he gained the ultimate freedom. He could then do whatever he chose to do because he the financial burden had been lifted from him. So he could take that and do whatever he chose to do. That's, yeah. why, that's why I had my arm break and my other arm break, so that I have the freedom to do whatever I choose to do. It's really yeah. freeing, I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, the relative, restriction you had was very freeing. <laughs> you have relatives and, or friends that are stuck, and you, you just want to tell them to get over it. That you can't change them. They have, to, they have to get to their low, or they have to get to their bottom first before they do something. You just have to be patient with them and love them. And hopefully you can you can reach out and say, I want to help you if I can. But if they don't reach back, don't take it personal. They're just, you know, 
they just got a little further down the rabbit hole they have to go before they make a change. Exactly. And Natasha, thank you so much for being here today. It's always fun. Regan, thank you. Yeah, thanks. It's always, it's always a great time. And just remember, listen to the gospel according to Paul and just let it be. Be. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.